Welcome to Jewish Audio Theater. The story that you are about to hear tells the fascinating story about Rabbi Moshe Sofer. In the early 1800s, Rabbi Moshe Sofer was considered the most outstanding leader of Judaism in the Austro-Hungarian Empire. He also set up the most successful and largest yeshiva in Central Europe. His commentaries in the Torah and Talmud were written under the name the Chassam Sofer, the Seal of Sofer. Therefore, he was popularly known as the Chassam Sofer. Based in Pressburg, Slovakia today, his yeshiva would produce many great gedolim, who led successive generations of Orthodox Jewry in Central Europe and throughout the world till this very day. Let's begin our story with a knock on the door of Mr. Zelig Moskowitz, a very wealthy businessman and major supporter of the Pressburg Yeshiva. Yoy, Rosh Yeshiva, please come in, please sit down. My wife, Manvabla, is not in the home, but I'll bring the Rav. Please, Reb Zelig, don't rub it yourself. I came to ask for funds to fix a hole in the roof. And you are always the first person I feel comfortable. Uh, whatever you need, you please, I will get money for the Bucherim. Uh, a hole in the roof, it's called. The Bucherim must be called. I'll be right back. I'm going to, the, to, to get money for you. Mr. Moskowitz runs up the staircase to his bedroom. He removed the painting from the wall where there was a safe. He unlocked the safe with the key from his pocket, opened the safe, and it was empty. I, I don't believe it. Where did all the money go? He's frantic. I, I, I need to give the rabbi money for the bucherim. And he looks around, and he sees the beautiful chair. It's a Louis the Fourteenth chair. Well, we're not sure if it's the 14th, the 15th, or the Louis the 15th, but we do know the chair was put together by a man named Louis, and it was worth a lot of money, and he decides, I need to sell the chair. He yells downstairs to the rabbi, Rosh Yeshiva, I will be downstairs in a few minutes. I have to do something. I'm sorry. I will be downstairs in a few minutes. So... Frantically, Mr. Moskowitz took the Louis the 14th or 15th chair, lifted it over his head, and ran down the back staircase. Running outside into the street with a chair over his head. People are staring, jumping out of the way, being chased by dogs. He almost crashed into a horse. Mr. Moskowitz knew exactly where he was running to the pawn shop. Finally, he gets to the pawn shop. Barely able to breathe, he asked the owner, How much can I get for this Louis XIV chair? Please, please, give me as much money as you can. The pawn shop owner looks over the chair, and he finally says, I will, I could give you uh, 800 florins for this exquisite chair. <laughs> All right, I'll take it. Mr. Moskowitz takes the money, runs back to the house, up the back staircase, and then runs down the front staircase. 
panting out of breath. Here, here, please take this right now. This, this is all I could give you. Very generous of you, Reb Selig. May Hashem reward you for your constant generosity. A few days go by. There's another knock on the door. It's the Chassam Sofer. I am so sorry to bother you, Reb Zelik, but we have another emergency. A few tired Bacharim have been accepted to the yeshiva. They are very poor, and we could use some extra funds to help them get clothes. Once again, Mr. Moskowitz runs up the staircase to his bedroom, removes the painting, opens up the safe, and he looks inside. It's empty. And he realized, wait a second, I checked the air two days ago. Of course it's empty. I really have no money. Something's wrong with my business. We're not making any money. What am I going to do? How am I going to give money to the rabbi? He needs money for all the, for the poor bucherim. And so he looked around once again to find something valuable that he could sell. He saw the beautiful golden-plated mirror. The mirror? Very, very expensive. Rabbi, I I will be coming down soon. Please wait, I'm so sorry. Yep, he took the mirror off the wall and ran down the back staircase. He ran again outside into the street, this time with a giant mirror over his head, panting and making sure he... He didn't trip right, and drop the heavy mirror. The Finally got to the pawn shop, ran inside, carefully put the mirror down. <laughs> Please, mister, how much can I get for this beautiful mirror? And the pawn shop owner again looked at this new, new valuable item brought in by Mr. Moskowitz. Why? This is a very exquisite. This is amazing. You have amazing stuff, Mr. Moskowitz. I'll give you again 800 florins for this beautiful mirror. <laughs> is that the best you can do? Yes, that's the best I could do. Mr. Moskowitz takes the money and ran back to the house, up the staircase, down the front staircase, barely able to breathe, collapsing on the couch. <laughs> Here is the 800 florins. I, 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 I hope this will help you out in the yeshiva. Reb Zelik, did you run to the bank? You, you, you were completely out of breath. Yes, Rabbi. I had to run somewhere to get the money. Reb Zelig, Reb Zelig, you and your family should be gebenched. You should continue to have nachas and to have parnasa and gesund. Thank you, thank you so much for all your support. Meanwhile, Mrs. Moskowitz finally came home after being with her younger sister who just gave birth to a baby girl. Zelig, I'm home! Too exhausted from the trip. I'm going up to the bedroom to relax a bit. She entered the room and, without looking, walked over to her favorite chair with her eyes closed and sat, well, actually plapped on the floor. Ah! What? Where is 
Where is the chair? My favorite chair. She's disheveled, so she gets up and quickly goes over to the mirror to straighten herself out. Ah! Selig! Come here immediately! The chair, my mirror! Oh, God! Selig! So Moskowitz runs into her room, calms down his wife. Henchile, Henchile, please, please, sit here and let me explain to you what happened. Reb Zelig explained to his wife that he had to sell these items in order to help the Bukharim in the Chassam Sofer's yeshiva. Well, well, Zelig, you need to go to the Rav and explain what is really happening. Mr. Moskowitz agreed. The next morning, Chassam Sofer readily made time to see Mr. Moskowitz right after Shacharis, the morning service. Mr. Moskowitz broke down crying while he explained what had happened to his business and that he would not be able to support the yeshiva for a while. Reb Zelig, Hashem, always make sure that a Baal Tzedukah like you, someone who uses his money to help others, will always have money. You have to have Bitochen in Hashem and he will help you. Tell me, what is your next major business event? Well, I go to England this time of year to buy whatever I think I could make good money back here in Austria-Hungary Empire, but I don't have money to go to England. The Chassam Sofer said to Mr. Moskowitz, Now, this time you wait here. I'll be back soon. The Chassam Sofer left the room, came back in a few minutes, counting money in his hands, and then grabbed Mr. Moskowitz's hand and placed the money in his palm. This is for you, Reb Zelig. I am giving you a personal loan. Not that much, but I give you a bracha that Hashem should make you very successful so that you can continue giving tzedakah. But the Hassam Sofer did not let go of Mr. Moskowitz's hand. He held it tight, very tight. It was very strange. Suddenly, as the Hassam Sofer stared into Mr. Moskowitz's eyes, he said, Make the first business deal, Reb Zelig. Make the first business deal that comes your way. No matter what it is, no matter how much money, make the first business deal. And Hashem will make you matzliach very, very successful. The Chassam Sofer then let go of Mr. Moskowitz's hand, smiled, nodded his head, and Mr. Moskowitz knew it was time for him to leave. He left the room from the presence of the great Gadol, who just gave him a bracha. I, I, I don't understand. Make the first business deal that comes my way. Well... If that's what the Rosh Shiva said to do, that's what I will do. Mr. Moskowitz took the long trip, which included many days traveling in horse-driven carriages and then sailing to England on a ship. By the time he got to England, he checked his funds and discovered that after all the lodging and traveling expenses, he had 100 florins left equal to only 10 English pounds. Not much. Yoy, I don't believe it. 
I don't even have enough money to get back home. I have a munas chachamim, trust in the rabbi, and be Ezra Hashem, everything will be good. Suddenly, strange people with even stranger things were approaching Reb Zelik with sales and business deals. Hey, buy this! Hey, if you drink this, you'll be able to fly! And all kinds of strange things, Reb Zelik runs away from them. Ah, I have to make the first business deal, but not with those strange Michiganers. He runs into an alley so they would not find him. It's the first business deal that comes my way. I have to make it good, something normal. He walks out of the alley. The coast is clear. Suddenly, he's tapped on the shoulder from behind. Oh, no! He begins to run. Mr. Moskowitz, it's Lord Chumsley. Don't be afraid, my good old bunny, my old chuckaboo. Mr. Moskowitz returns to Lord Chumsley and shakes his hand. Sorry, I was being chased by crazy people trying to sell me crazy things. Well, Mr. Moskowitz, this is your lucky day, oh chum of mine. I have a boatload of tea from China. I'd like to sell it. You're my friend. I'll give it to you for one hundred thousand sterling pounds. A great deal, my friend, Mr. Moskowitz. Mr. Moskowitz was thinking to himself, Yo, that's a million florins. I have only ten pounds. He, he laughed at me. I can't possibly make this deal. It's impossible. I can't do this. P- please, Lord Chomsley, it is a very good deal, but... Suddenly, Reb Zelig remembered what Hassam Sofer said. Make the first business deal, no matter what comes your way. Talking out loud, he, he was saying, no matter what, no matter what. What is the matter? No matter what, uh, deal or no deal, uh, Mr. Moskowitz? I, I, I would, I could, I, I would like to make this business deal, but right now... I only have ten pounds. Uh, don't play with me, Mr. Moskowitz. Everyone knows your impeccable reputation, honesty and integrity. I'll take your ten pounds as a deposit. Here is the deed. Let's sign here. And I'll pick up the rest of the money tonight at your hotel. Room number... Third floor, number 11. It's uh, now 2 p.m. I'll be around uh, 8-ish. Bravo! This deal is bang up to the elephant. Bye for now. Elephants? I hope that's not part of the deal. He didn't mention anything about elephants. Where am I going to keep it? I don't have any more money. What did I just do? No. I have a Munus Chachamim that... Everything will work out. I trust in Hashem. Mr. Moskowitz was saying to him in his hotel room while gazing at the clock that continued to tick to four o'clock, then five o'clock. He was now getting nervous. I, I, I have an excellent reputation. Lord Jobsley said so. I could be ruined if I can't finish the sale. 
It, it is impossible. What did I do? No. I must have trust in the bruche of the Chassam Soifer and Munas Chachamim. The clock continued to tick away until there was a knock at the door. Mr. Moskowitz looked up at the clock. It was 7.50, ten minutes early. Lord Chomsley is always on time. Joy, what shall I tell him? What can I say? Mr. Moskowitz slowly opens up the door to welcome Lord Chomsley, but instead... And the other Oriental fellow said, Oh, my brother, say hello. Mr. Moskowitz looked at the two Chinese men and said, You probably want the people in room uh, four, five, six, seven. Uh, this must be a mistake. Are you the owner of the tea from China? Uh, n- no, y- I mean, yes. Yes, why? We're all interested in buying the entire load of tea from you. Mr. Moskowitz suddenly looked up. Thank you, Hashem. Yo, thank you, Hashem. Please sit down. Please sit down. Come in, come in. I, 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 I am selling you... Uh, the, the tea for 150,000 pounds, yes? He expected them to bargain. But strangely, they immediately said, My brother say yes. All right, let, let's sign. Now, uh, let, let's sign here. All of a sudden, there's a knock on the door. Oh, I must get the door. It probably must be Lord Chumsley. Wait a minute. Mr. Moskowitz opens the door, and there's another stranger. Good evening. Allow me to introduce myself. My name is Pietro Puputsky. I am the purchasing agent. For the famous company Pilsner Ponto and Puffin Popper, are you the owner of the tea from China? Ribbon is my I need a raincoat to talk to this. Yes, but uh, I am uh, I am about to sell the, uh, the, the the tea to these nice Oriental fellows. I will pay double their price. Uh, that would be 300,000 pounds, and I don't think I have it. I am ready to purchase. Suddenly, there is another knock on the door. This time, it's Lord Chumsley. Oh, Mr. Moskowitz, it's a jolly good night. Please come in, sit down over here. Uh, I, I will give you the money as soon as I make the deal with the, uh, 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 whatever name, Pieter, Pupu, whatever. Wait, what is the deal? Uh, 300,000 pounds. Oh, I'll give you 400,000 pounds. 
am prepared to pay 450,000 pounds. Listen, Lord Chomsley, my, my, my chickaboos, whatever. What is exactly going on here? I don't really understand what's going on. Oh, yes. Uh, apparently you didn't hear the news. Uh, there was a great fire in China two weeks ago. The news is coming out now that much of the tea fields were destroyed. You, Mr. Moskowitz, have the last boat of tea from China. <laughs> I wish I knew about this before I sold it to you. However, the price has shot up drastically. Everyone wants your load of tea, I'll give you 500,000 pounds. Oh, my brother, he say goodbye. We, we told go higher. And then Pieter Putski said, It is not possible to make this I'm leaving too. I could breathe again. Sorry, it's only water. The deal was made with Lord Chumsley for 500,000 pounds less than 10 pounds that he started out with. When everyone left, Mr. Moskowitz felt flush and faint, but he soon recovered and jumped all over the apartment singing his favorite song singing to Hashem for his amazing turn of events and that he was so happy that he listened to the Chassam Sofer when Mr. Moskowitz returned home he wanted to buy a special present for the Chassam Sofer before going over to him to tell the Rosh Hashiva the amazing story and to return the borrowed money he found just the perfect present Mr. Moskowitz cried as he told over the amazing story to the Chassam Sofer. I, I, I must admit, uh, Rosh Hashiva, that at first I thought I was crazy and that I, my reputation would be ruined. And, and, but, but then I decided that I had to have a Muna, as the Rav told me. Here, here is the money I borrowed. Thank you very much. Now... Reb Zelig, you can continue to do the work of a Kaddish Baruch Hu to give tzedakah to the needy. I, I brought the Rosh Hashiva a special present to say thank you so much for your advice and help. Mr. Moskut showed the Chassam Sofer a beautiful diamond-studded esrog box. The Chassam Sofer saw the box, picked it up, looked at it to the light, put it back down on the table... And then began to sing and dance. Of course, Mr. Moskowitz joined in. He had no idea why. Soon, others joined in the dancing. No one knew why. Mr. Moskowitz thought to himself, How oh, the Rov really likes this present. Then, the Chassam Sofer stopped dancing. It was still and quiet. And with a smiling, well-lit expression, the Chassam Sofer said, you have no idea, Reb Zelig, how happy I am to tell you. I cannot take your gift. <laughs> Reb Zelig, it's Ribis. 
The Torah says you cannot collect interest on a loan. And taking a present is collecting ribbis. You, Reb Zelik, have helped me fulfill this mitzvah I thought I would never be able to do. The Chassam Sofa grabs Reb Zelik's hand and says, Thank you so much. But the answer is no. I have no interest in your present. Zai gesund, Reb Zelig. Thank you for listening to the first business deal on Jewish Audio Theater with your host, Heshi Rizal.